Merson has scored it. Arsenal legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event, so if you want to be there, get on to offtheball.com forward slash events. Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Okay, I'm down in the Sport Ireland campus. I'm with Reese McClanahan today, who's a double European champion and world champion. Reese, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a, it's been a quiet six months, is it fair to say? Um, not so much. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> um, in terms of the results, it's, it's been exactly what I've wanted mm-hmm. in this sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, how have you been managing to deal with it all? I mean, it's one of those things where you came onto the scene in the Europeans, we can talk about Tokyo later, but you exploded again after the world. So have you been able to keep away from it, keep focused, or how's it been? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a constant game of improvement, improvement of um, my body, my mind, um, and that's just sport in a, in a capsule right there. Is, um, it, it's, oh, it's always finding ways to improve, and those ways change and um, alter, and, it, you know, it, I, I get older, I get more mature, it's it's um, constantly evolving, but it's been a really, really successful six months, I guess. It, what would that be last since World Championships, about six months now? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, so it's it's exactly what I've wanted from the sport, um, and uh, I hope it, it continues. Just from the European Championship perspective um, in Turkey a few weeks ago, is it a different sort of pressure? I, like, you know, I'm not talking from personal experience by any means here, but um, when you're going in first time to win, it's and you get it, there's, it's a monkey off your back. It's great. Okay, I've got over the line. Whereas where when you're a defending champion, I, I imagine there's a different set of pressures. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, I feel like uh, the pressure that I get though is always just for myself and not from anyone else. So, and I put I put pressure on myself every day when I go into training and perform routines and perform skills. So, when it comes to competitions, it's it's quite a familiar feeling um, that it, this is just another pressured situation. Like I like I done yesterday in the gym with a routine. You know, it's it's something I do regularly. So maybe that's why I I perform so well and under seemingly a high amount of pressure. Yeah, and were you able to take a break after Turkey, or was it straight back in? I know you've talked about. Sometimes you take the break, but you're you're eager to get back in the gym almost straight away. Yeah, and that's what the break is for. I did take a break after this championship, let the body recover. My body was feeling a little bit sore, but not not injured, which is good. Um, it just needed that that little bit of time off. So you know, I, I went on holiday. Uh, I escaped from gymnastics, but now you know, the last couple of days of that holiday, I was thinking like, oh, I can't wait to go back in that gym now. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna become obsessed again about gymnastics, and I feel like at the next competition you're going to be you're going to be saying the best gymnastics I've done and your close friends and family are they like Reese you got to slow down I know you went on a two week break to Lanzarote after the world <laughs> and you're in the gym straight away are they they know that this is your dream or do they go look take the foot off the gas just a little bit yeah they're always looking out for me in that way my family are, are very supportive and just want um, want me to be healthy more than anything um, but you know it's it's more like my lifestyle training even the days off you know I'm still stretching still doing a li- little bit of core exercises um, it's just part of my life and um, I'm glad it's there I, I don't think I would be able to survive without some sort of exercise or, or thoughts about the future and improvement in gymnastics right so Taking you back to Turkey, uh, we were watching it in the office um, and it was a brilliant routine to the layperson. I'm afraid I can't 
decipher really good routines from mm. great routines. Um, but you scored fourteen six six six, and then I think Maxime Jeanche of Belgium was next and scored fourteen five six six. When you're watching that routine, are you looking and going? Oh, uh-oh, I might be in a bother here. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, I was, and that's not a position I like to be in. I was up first, and I had an anxious wait until until the other seven gymnasts went, and I, I knew that that was by no means my um, my best routine at all. You know, I scored a 15.3 at World Championships. Mm-hmm. That's a big margin, Yeah, a big score difference, and... Um, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people that can beat that 14.6 that I got in um, Europeans. So I wasn't I wasn't sitting there confident and comfortable that I'd done my job. Uh, it was anxious wait. I wanted to win, uh, but at the same time, you know what what anyone else does is out of my control. What anyone else scores is out of my control. I was more thinking about how I can improve the mistake that I made, and that was like splitting my legs and in, in the middle of the routine. Um, so I was. I was sitting there thinking about how I can improve that more than anything. And that must be a relief, though, that you know I've done the best that I can. I know you're watching everybody else and seeing the scores come in and there's a nervy wait. But when you go up first, do you prefer that almost to be one of the first up and just getting it out of the way? Yeah, well, it means I can watch the gymnastics. I don't watch any any gymnastics when I'm at competitions anymore. I don't watch uh, my competitors when, you know, we're all warming up on the same palm horse. I turn my back. I I feel like I I can overanalyze other people's performances as a gymnastics fan. So when I go up first like that, I can sit back and watch some gymnastics that I don't normally let myself do, um, which is a a nice change. But... uh, Normally, you can go up in any position in the final, so I'm I'm ready for going going up first, going up last. I, I don't mind. You talked before about your coach Luke Carson, who has been like a, a real help for you over the last couple of years. That if he's watching a routine and he sees someone record a score, he'll say, "Just throw this skill in, and you'll get over the line." Just to add this to your routine. How seamless is that? That seems like a really mad thing to just throw in when you've perfected a routine over so much time yeah it, it's a it's a difficult thing to do but something that we do practice um, it's not something you know it's not him coming to me and saying do this skill you've never done it before ever <laughs> <laughs> just chug it in the routine that was a YouTube it, video for you try that <laughs> yeah, yeah it's nothing like that it's, it's things that we've practiced it's things that we've um, done in a routine before um, but they just add a bit more risk to the routine the ultimate goal is getting the highest score possible um, and minimize risk in the routine too so if something adds too much risk then um, you know it's not worth the reward but say somebody posts a really big score it's an Olympic Games final uh, and the only way I can beat that score is by adding in this new skill that I've been training it has to be done and I'm, I'm ready for that so you're ready mentally for that you just say okay that's what I have to do there's no sort of hang on a sec you're just in that zone straight away yeah and the the trust aspect in my coach look is a huge thing um, if he says do this skill I'll 100% trust him and I'll adjust my mind to, to doing that skill in the routine straight away um, whereas I wouldn't I wouldn't give any pushback in that moment that would make things very chaotic if I'd done that and um, I I that's why the partnership and trust between me and Luke is so important. Why pommel horse? This is one thing I've always wanted to know. Is it just the first day was the first thing you touched, or was it there was was there just something about it that spoke to you? Yeah. So um, every every young gymnast starts doing all of the events. Mm-hmm. In men's gymnastics, there's six, and women's there's four. So you know to 
starting out in gymnastics, you do all six of the events, and that's what I'd done all the way up until I was 18. Um, and, you know, I, I made a Commonwealth Games final in the all-around. I made a Junior Europeans all-around final. Um, I was very successful in the all-around competition. Um, but when I got the shoulder surgery in 2018, that kind of pushed me into more pommel. I was always much better on pommel. Okay. To, that, I need to say that. that I, I was... I was certainly more of a standard on pommel horse than than anyone else in the country, in the world maybe. So we were always pushing for pommel. So when we were coming back from surgery, pommel horse was the first thing we were coming back to because that would be our Olympic qualification route. Mm-hmm. So and then COVID happened. I I only had a pommel horse at the house. Right. Um, <laughs> didn't have the the giant fourteen by fourteen meter yeah, floor yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my house. Um, so it, it you know. People think it is the choice that I chose formal in a way I did, but mm. it was more pushed into it because of that surgery too. That's a weird COVID activity. Like <laughs> for me, it was Mario Kart. Yeah. So <laughs> that's yeah. a bizarre one. So, but that's that's really interesting that um, pommel horse um, is very much focused on your shoulder, and that's the mm. key thing at work. So after the surgery, you found that actually this was more your thing. Yeah. Well, it was just it was the most probable way of qualifying to Olympics okay. um, and ha- dealing with one event over six events is much nicer especially the still rings they are not good for your shoulders in oh. any way so that's the that was pretty much like the last thing that my surgeon was giving me the okay for mm-hmm. so we decided that the Palmer horse that would be the most probable route of qualifying and we did how do you get over the sort of like how do you mentally prepare for that striving per- for perfection because anyone who watches gymnastics you can see there's a heavy amount of execution the difficulty score comes in it also has to look quite nice aesthetically mm-hmm. so how do you prepare yourself just generally for that striving per- perfection yeah so gymnastics is mostly doing difficult things and trying to make them look easy mm-hmm. they're they're not by any means but you, you know my job on the pommel horse is to make my me look as light as a feather and uh, make it look effortless and uh, a lot of that is video analysis um, looking at the the rules of gymnastics seeing what the judges are looking for mm-hmm. um, that's a big part of it and um, just repetition numbers making things be natural um, that that's essentially aren't <laughs> and yeah. um, constructing this routine to, to make it look like I've I, I've just got this naturally like I just jumped on the palm horse and oh, I've just really got the hang of it you're pulled but, off the street like yeah, yeah. But, but in reality every every tiny tiny movement in that routine I know uh, inside out and that intensity of practice how are you able to switch off from that when you come out of the gym or is that just always on your mind it's on it's on my mind a lot of the time especially coming closer to competitions and the the skills become more and more refined i i'm thinking about it constantly i'm i'm obsessed but i i really enjoy that feeling Mm -hmm. because it's like that that obsession is getting me closer and closer to my goals right so you're not a kind of like agassi type where it's as soon as i come off the court i don't want to think about tennis Agassi, like andre agassi oh Um, okay do you it's just 24 7 gymnastics for you uh, yeah, okay. yeah, uh, I guess so. I mean, it's good to take a step back from gymnastics and, um, you know, just focus on normal life. Uh, it's just healthy for the mind, isn't it? <laughs> but um, I, it, it's, it certainly takes over my life uh, and gymnastics has been my life for, uh, you know, ever since I started, uh, maybe even before I started gymnastics. Uh, but I just, um, I find it hard to switch off for sure. 
Since the 2020 Olympics, I mean, before that, you were going in high hopes. I know COVID might have had an effect on like your preparation for that, but you were really hoping for medals. There was a real youthful energy to how you were approaching it. Since then, there's been a bit more maturity. Um, talking about, okay, this, this is great. Every time you win a medal, it's, this is great, but I'm on to the next thing and I'm just keeping focused. Is that fair to say that you felt that was a real formative experience, the way that games went in terms of your expectations, perhaps your naivety going in? Have you changed your outlook since then, basically? No. No. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've matured as a person, but that's only natural, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, but I, I, you know, it's not like I, I take back my words yeah. when, you know, when I fall in that Olympic Games final. I wasn't standing there saying, oh, I, I shouldn't have said I was going for gold. Mm-hmm. I, I was going for gold, yeah. obviously. I'm still going for gold. Uh, a year later, I won world championships. I'm the best in the world. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't like I, I all of a sudden snap back into reality. Oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have thought about that. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still going for gold. I'm still going for gold in every competition I do, and um, you know, you'll hopefully you'll always hear me say that. If you if you don't hear me say that, then it might be a sad day for me. Maybe I'm coming to retirement if I'm starting to say I'm just going there to participate. Um, but I. A certain, I don't think I was naive. I knew I was capable of winning gold mm-hmm. at, at the Tokyo Olympics, and maybe what I did gain was more of an understanding of what can happen in sport, what can happen in gymnastics. Uh, you know, an, an example, the greatest gymnast of all time, Kohei Uchimura, a Japanese gymnast, he fell off high bar uh, at that same Olympics at a home games and um, in qualification at that. It's just what can happen in the sport, just like it can happen that Tiger Woods hits the ball into the into the pond and mm. the bushes. You know, it's it's just it's what happens in skill sports as well. Mostly, I've started to see a difference in skill sports and um, you know maybe sports like um, endurance running or um, things that are just mostly physical attributes with one motion like running. Yeah. Um, skill sports are a lot more intricate. A lot more can go wrong. It's it's like a it's like a car engine. There's so many moving parts. There's so many things that can go wrong. Yeah. But skill sports like golf, if you miss a shot or it hits the pond, you have however many strokes to maybe regain the lead or get back up to level power or birdie. You're 45 seconds in pommel horse. How do you square that? How are you ready for that? Yeah, I guess it's... Um well, it's just it's part of the sport, and you just got to accept some things. Um, and yeah, you're you're very right. But there's some things like maybe maybe European Championships is a good example where it was kind of in the middle of the routine where I made that leg split and I recuperated. I done the rest of the routine good. I done the dismount good. That was enough to pull it back. If mm-hmm. I if I let that domino effect happen where one thing goes wrong or the next thing goes wrong, the next skill goes wrong, and then all of a sudden I'm off the horse, then that that um, that wouldn't have been pulling it back. Maybe that was my my nine other holes that I, I yeah. pulled back. You know, for me was it finishing that routine in style and making up the points. So um, it's a, it's a shorter time for sure, but yeah. it can be done to, to come back. 
and keeping that confidence is it Luke you're talking to is is it entirely self-driven are you talking to anybody outside the sport who can kind of go put these things into perspective for you how are you preparing for that yeah I'm always I'm always learning about psychology I work with um, Jesse Barr is my psychologist um, I work with Luke obviously he's one of my psychologists and then of course I'm just always trying to improve mentally because when it comes down to the doing that routine that's it's all your mind you're physically prepared um, you know you're not going to get any stronger in the days leading up to to this competition all of that physical preparation has been done now it's time to to keep your mind focused the Commonwealth Games I want to bring up because that was a very interesting period especially um, right now with the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement mm-hmm. so um, you were deemed by the FIG to be ineligible to re- represent Northern Ireland having represented Ireland before and it, you appealed this decision it led to you reading the Good Friday Agreement and uh, getting up to speed with you know your case and eventually that was overturned and you were able mm-hmm. to compete but it's something that comes up quite a bit for athletes who represent Ireland from the north like your Kieran McGeehan's your Rory McIlroy is this this sense of identity is that something you're comfortable with now do you understand now how you can address that in the future that no this is why I'm representing Ireland I'm happy to talk about it or do you is it just second nature do you not try to think about it um no it's it's certainly something because it is part of my identity is that um uh the north and south um you know, it's every everyone has a, their own personal identity, and I think that's what I've kind of learned over the past um, the past year or so. There, when it, I get, I guess my identity was more or less challenged uh, when it came to my eligibility. Um, and I, f- I feel like personal identity, the key word being personal, was a uh, was a big learning curve for me. Uh, that I needed to realise that only I've experienced growing up in my house, growing up. Uh, you know, in in this Ireland, uh, island, in this part of the country, it, it's all very personal. And mm-hmm. you know, I I can't, I, I can certainly converse with other people, learn from other people's experiences. But it, at the end of the day, it's always going to be my personal identity, which is um, it's an interesting point for sure. Yeah. So let's get on to the rest of the year. You've Antwerp to look forward to at the end of September. What's the preparation like now for the next six months? Are you going away? Have you got competition? Is it just going to be Ireland-based? How are you preparing for that? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'm jumping straight back into training with um, that Olympic Games qualification in mind. Um, and uh, as I said, I feel like you're going to see the best gymnastics I've done at that World Championships. I'm going to let myself become obsessed again. I'm going to really focus in on everything um, and get the job done again and um, hopefully qualify to my second Olympic Games where I have that that amazing opportunity to compete in Paris. And on those Olympics, just final one, Max Whitlock is uh, currently returning to form as well. I know he's not at the greatest start of the year, um, but he's your friend, your rival. He's the defending Olympic champ. Uh, have you been on to him saying, look, maybe just hold off 18 months there mm-hmm. and uh, let me get over the line first? No, I don't know anything about what Max is doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know much about my other competitors, if I'm honest, because and I, I wouldn't say that that's naive. It's just that I've, I've learned all I can from them. Um, now I feel like I'm kind of on my own. And if anything, I'm looking back on, on old videos of me training. Um, and learning from myself it's you know it's just a classic um, it's me against me type thing (laughs) Um, my competitions in the mirror um, and I can't control what anybody else is doing in the world um, and I don't I honestly 
I don't really think about uh, the the likes of Max anymore. Right. Well, um, best of luck <laughs> for the next six months. So uh, hopefully, we'll be talking um, soon, maybe with another world goal for you to show us. Uh, so. Reese McLennan, thanks for your time today. Thank you. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.